Okay, so let's pray real quick. Father, we ask that, uh, that you would give me the ability to communicate what you have to communicate to us, God, that uh, the best thing that we have to offer today is not the best thing that I bring to the table. Holy Spirit, we need you to open up our minds, open up our hearts, and actually transform us from the inside out, God. We're not looking for just behavioral modification. God, I'm looking to have an encounter with you. So, Father, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us and have us remember the stuff that you would have us remember and everything else. Lord, I pray that it would easily be forgotten in Jesus' name. Amen. So, for the month of April, we were kind of talking about the fact that we need to be connecting as a body. Your family needs to be connecting. Uh, the, the church family needs to be connecting. But there are hurdles in our way that stop us from connecting. And we had hurdles on stage. And if anybody doesn't remember that, it is on the website. And you can, like on your way to work, you can just put on the podcast and listen to all of it. So through the month of April, we were talking about these hurdles. Well, how do you get over a hurdle? So for the month of May, we have been talking about the way you get over these hurdles is just to start and to be okay with starting small. You don't need to feel like you need to impress anybody. Uh, Zephaniah... Zephaniah, Zechariah, 4.10 says, don't despise these small beginnings because God rejoices. He delights to see the work start. All of us have projects that we have let pile up for months, for years, for decades. And because we haven't started them, it keeps us from starting them. Who here has ever like tried to start a diet and will go, well, I'll do it Monday. So I can get my last weekend. The, the fact that we haven't started the diet keeps us from actually starting. And so there's something in the heart of the Lord that's like, just start. If you are in a hole and you are trying to get out of it, it doesn't matter how fast you run out of that hole. Just start walking in that direction. Okay, so we don't, we don't get frustrated at the size of steps that we are taking in a right direction. But if, say, I am trying to walk to... Nashville. I'm walking to Nashville. I would die along the way from exhaustion. But I start walking to Nashville. A step out my front door is an amazing and powerful start, right? It's a whole lot better than being on the couch. I am closer to Nashville one step out of my door than I am to the couch. But if I stop right there, I will never get there, okay? So again, don't worry about these small beginnings, but I'm going to talk today, and we're going to wrap up this, uh, this four-week series. What is going to take these small beginnings and eventually get us to our goal? Well, the, the way that we get there is through consistency. It doesn't matter how small that step is. If you take one small step today, and then one small step tomorrow, and then the next day, and then the next day, eventually you will get to the direction that you're going to go in. It might take you 40 years, but you're going to be there, um, and everybody else is going to be still sitting on the couch. Someone went up to my mom. When my mom and dad split up, we moved to Gainesboro, and I'm sure there are great people in Gainesboro. I didn't have a good time with it. So she was working, and this guy came into the store that she was working at and was like, hey, you need to go to college. And she's like, I just broke up. I've got a kid who is more than a handful. I can't, I can't go to college. And he was like, if you just take one class a day, you'll eventually get a college degree. And so he, he popped back in, you know, a few years later and went up to her. He was a really encouraging person. He went up to her and was like, you would be a college graduate now if you would have listened to me. 
If you would have just taken those small steps, one after another, eventually, over the course of a few years, you can accomplish amazing things. But no one's, like, I'm not expecting us to think, oh, consistency, that was the problem. I, I had no idea. Consistency is the hard part about it. Everyone in this room can cut down their calories for a day. I can bypass a donut for a day. And I can be amazing at bypassing that donut. I can look at that donut and I can go, not today. But tomorrow it's a little bit harder. And then the next day it's a little bit harder. And then you have a stressful day at work and you think, you know what? I am gonna eat everything in my kitchen tonight, you know? And we fall off the wagon. But that's, that's with everything. When we're trying to like open our heart back up again, who, like, I mean, we're not gonna raise hands because it's gonna be everybody. But I promise you, if you have been in church for any amount of time, you have been hurt by the people in church. And when you try to open your heart back again to the people in the church and to the Lord, it is hard because it's easy to love an idiot for a day. And then when they show back up the next week, it's like, boy, you didn't get any smarter, did you? You are still as much of a pain today as you were yesterday. It's amazing how that happens. I got a lot better, but you are still you. It takes a tremendous amount of effort to be consistent, okay? And I want to confess, we're all bad at it. We are all really good at staying in whatever lane that we're in right now. But if we ever try to change our thinking or change our behavior, it is almost impossible to get out of our ruts. So I'm not telling you something that's like, oh, just do this and everything will be amazing. This is hard. And I fail at it more than I succeed at it. But in the moments that I have had success in being consistent, I want to talk about just four quick things and then we can get back to the lake or the boats or wherever we're going. Um, we can all go out to eat. Um, not with me. I mean, I'm not saying you can't go out to eat with me. I'm just saying. So my next point is cooler <laughs> than that sentence. Um, this is hard. All right, I want, I want to go back to a, a really rough memory that I have and expose my heart of how whiny I am, okay? So the men's group was going to go canoeing down the Caney, and I love going down the Caney. I love going down the Caney in a kayak. If you invite me to canoe with you, 99% of the time, I will say no, because I hate being stuck in a kayak or a canoe with people, because they don't quite row as fast as I do, or they don't row at all. Have you ever been stuck in a canoe with someone that's just observing and you're just working? Does it ever feel like you've ever been in a relationship that someone's just, oh, I am doing all of the effort and you are lounging around, get up off the couch. Okay, so the men's group went out canoeing and so I'm dying to myself. I've fasted for three days to try to build up the spiritual energy to like go canoeing but the river was pretty high and it was, it was pretty rocky. So instead of going down the Caney, we decided to uh, just canoe around in the lake above the dam. And I don't know that I'd ever canoed in still water, but we, we got in the water and it's just this wide open expanse of lake and it's beautiful, but the wind's blowing in my face and the water's not moving. And so I am paddling. And when you go forward a little bit and you stop and you take a break, 
Do you still keep on going? No, because there's wind blowing in your face and you start going backwards. You're like, this is not fun. And people are passing me. And the person that I had in the canoe with me wasn't helping. And it was just, and I think that we, caught, we probably paddled at least 5,000 miles that day. And so we get there and we eat. So my, my blood sugar goes back up and it's like, oh, food. Thank you. Okay, I can love everybody now, like food. And it's like, all right, now we have to go back. Can't we go get like a truck to come pick us up here? Now no, we have to bring the canoes back. Okay, well, coming here, the wind was in our face. It stands to reason, does it not, that if I'm going back, the wind's at our back? No, it wasn't. The wind was in our face coming in and going out. And I'm just like, yay, church small groups. Aren't they exciting? So, okay, so when we're talking about getting over these hurdles, these small steps, I want you to imagine frustrated me sitting in a canoe, just angry, wanting the job to get done. I just want to get to the car where there's AC. Let me get done, okay? So the first way that we start with our consistency is you have got to figure out what pace you paddle at, all right? I don't run with people because I run at my pace. And when I run with people, I do run. When I run with people, there is something inside me that will always try to go a little bit faster because I, don't, I am embarrassed at the pace that I run. And when I'm with somebody else, it embarrasses me to run at my pace. So I, I push a little bit for, or I push a little bit harder. Well, I get worn out and I have, to, I have to take a break. I have to take a break because I was not running at my pace. All right, if we are going to be paddling across a lake with no movement of the water, you have got to figure out what pace you paddle at and who cares what anybody else's opinion is. All right, I wanna lift off. If anybody has ever said that you're not spiritual enough, you're not progressing, you're not maturing as fast as you need to, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you are not whatever enough, you have got to figure out what pace works with you and forget them. You have got to learn how to paddle at your own pace, okay? This is not a competition. You getting over the hurdles in your life is not a competition. All, all you're doing is competing with yourself, okay? So imagine you are paddling. You have figured out your pace. There are people in life that are gonna be passing you by. It's okay, I'm gonna outlast you. I've seen a lot of people, if I can get actually really honest, I have seen a lot of people come through this church and then fall away from the faith because they got real excited about Jesus and then fell off the wagon. If, if we would run at a pace, because God, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to do this for the next 80 years, for the next 50 years, for the next 20 years. And if you can't spiritually run at that pace for the rest of your life, it will end poorly for you. So don't feel like you need to impress me with Bible knowledge. Don't feel like you need to impress us with your worship. Run at your pace, okay? So you're paddling down the lake. It is amazing. When you start paddling, when you start moving, the amount of people that you will collect around you that aren't doing a thing, 
that will criticize the way that you're doing it. How amazing is that? The fire's not lit yet. Thank you. I think you need to to rub the stick faster. Got it. Thank you. Is food ready yet? No, the food is not ready yet. Do you, how about you pick up something and help? Imagine the people that are standing on the banks of your river, and as you start paddling at maybe a slower pace than them, you're not moving very fast, are you? Thank you. Your technique's a little off. Who cares what you think? Guys, we have got to get to the place in our own lives. If somebody is not helping you paddle in the right direction, ignore them, okay? This is our Facebook feeds, our Twitter feeds. You getting jealous every time you open up Instagram. This is turning off the news. This is not listening to your own thoughts. Have you ever noticed how your own thoughts can be self-destructive? You can criticize yourself. How can we criticize ourselves? We're the ones that are doing it. You're not good at this. Isn't it amazing that there are people in life that will throw an anchor into your canoe? Drag me. (laughs) Do it yourself, man. I'm working hard at trying to be successful in life, and there are people that we will surround ourselves with that are just like, Now, if your canoe goes by somebody that is drowning, please help them. There are moments in time that we need to rescue people. We need to take a break from our own goals, and we need to rescue people that are drowning. But if someone is just putting an anchor in your canoe because they're lazy, you don't have the time or the resources to deal with people like that. And it's frustrating because when, we, when anyone ever does anything, the number one thing that we attract is criticism. If you are attracting criticism, that means that you're being productive. It might mean that you're being an idiot, but probably it means that you're being productive. Keep paddling at your own pace. Don't let the people that are whispering in your ear from social media, from inside your own head, criticize you to get you to stop moving at your pace. Because what the enemy is trying to do is either try to get you to go faster than your pace so that you'll wear yourself out and get shipwrecked, or he's trying to get you to give up. Neither of which are things that we can afford to do. I can't afford to give up in my life. We can't afford to give up in our spirituality. We cannot afford to give up in our community. We can't give up on each other. And so I'm going to have to run at my pace, and I'm going to have to ignore people that aren't helping me paddle in that direction. Does that mean that you hate them, that you're angry, that you're hateful? No. I don't, just, I don't have time to listen to this. I love you to pieces, But my boat is pointing in this direction, and I'm going to get to my goal, all right? So the third thing is, when we get into the habit of ignoring people, we need to make sure that from time to time, there are going to be people that are going to come alongside of us that are paddling in the same direction as us. Lash your boats together. We, We do this as a community of people. And when you have a moment in time that people align with your purposes and your directions, you will get a tremendous amount of return on the effort that you put into it. Two people paddling in a canoe is amazing. One person doing all the work, less so. 
So when you have people come into your life that are willing to go in the same direction to help you, let them in. Open up your heart, even though that you've been hurt by all the people on the shore, not every person you meet is somebody that's an idiot that's on the shore. Sometimes people are wanting to help you, okay? But at the same time, not all of us are going to the same destination, right? And there are gonna be moments in time that these amazing people come into our lives, they will paddle with us for a mile, and then their direction is somewhere else. We have got to allow the people in our lives the freedom enough to row with us when it's time for them to row with us, but for us to release them and let them go in, in their other direction. Otherwise, we start turning into those people that are like, no, drag me this way. We start not pulling our own share. We start forcing, start manipulating people to do what we want them to do. And all that does is just spend your energy on doing all these other things. Meanwhile, you're not paddling. So welcome the people that are coming into your life, but at the same time, hold on loosely, but don't let go. Because if you grip too tightly, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose control. <laughs> All right, so here's a hard part. It's a hard part for me. I'm paddling down the river. I've, I've got my pace. I'm not usually doing a good job at my pace, but I'm paddling down the river. I'm outlasting the people that are on the, on the side of the banks that are criticizing. I'm, I'm going on, hey, there's somebody amazing that's come into my life that is helping me row. <laughs> Thank you for helping me. It was so amazing. Hey, your technique's a little off. I knew that the enemy sent you to criticize me. You're just like the other people that are on the shore. No, 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 no. If someone is in your canoe helping you row, listen to constructive advice because we stink at a lot of the things that we do and we get so tunnel vision in our lives that when somebody else offers advice from a different point of view, we automatically, instantly, knee-jerk reaction, well, you're the devil and I don't like you anymore. Get out of my canoe. No, God has sent people in our lives to build us up and get us further down the river because even after they leave, the things that they taught us are still here. My life, my, my history with the Lord, my relationship with God is really a testament to all of the people that have touched my life before. Most of the things that I know about the Lord, I know, and they have a face attached to them. Like, well, how did you learn that God loved you? Well, I have a list of people that taught me that. Very few things that, that we really know about God get into our heads just because we read about them in the Bible. That, that is a, a tremendous way. But really, the things that make us who we are, it's like, well, if you want to know how or the, the way that I think about the Lord, you should have met my grandmother. And then you could kind of, well, what do you think about the Lord? Well, you needed to meet Chris Harrell. Well, you needed to meet Julie Beter. Well, you needed to meet Ben Crace. If you met these people, you can start going, oh. And it's not a, you stink, stop paddling your canoe. It's usually not that. If somebody is in your canoe genuinely helping you out, usually it's gonna be a, hey, this worked for me. I've been rowing wrong my entire life. Maybe this worked for me. It is, it is astonishing to admit that I 
didn't really think that God actually loved us until a few years ago. I mean, mechanically, I would say that, that God loves all of us, right? But I didn't learn it until I ran into somebody that viewed the love of God in a completely different way. And I was sitting there thinking like, I cannot believe that I have been wrong about something that's major. I mean, it's not like you were pronouncing tenebrous wrong. Sorry. This is something core to our faith that God actually loves us. And I had it wrong. Now, fast forward myself 20, 30 years in the future. I will think back at this time like, they let me have a microphone? I was an idiot back then. Like, think about the amazing things that we are going to learn about ourselves, each other, and God further down in the future. All right? So the thing that we're uh, going to work on our consistency with, how in the world do we get over these hurdles? Well, we start small. Don't be afraid to start small. There's nobody that you need to impress. Figure out the pace that you are running at. There's no need to impress anybody. Paddle at your own pace. And when you draw criticism or lazy people in your life, it is not unloving to ignore those people. I I think the world of you. I love you. I don't have time or resources for you. I'm going in this direction. All right? When you're going in that direction, welcome the people in your life that are willing to help you, willing to climb in the boat with you and row with you. And when they offer some critique or advice, listen to them. One of the core things about my life Um, a sentence that I'll say is my suggestion box is located next to my oars. That if you want to show up on my ship and just be like, well, you need to change the color of paint. Unless you are bleeding, sweating, or crying in my life, you don't get to offer a lot of criticism. But if you're going to get on my ship and you're willing to put sweat into my life, I'll listen to you. If you're willing to be there emotionally with me, I will listen to you. If you just want to show up in my life and criticize... I don't have time for you. I've got a limited amount of resources and I have a limited amount of time and I've got to apply those resources and that time to the people that God has called me uh, to minister to. Okay, so we're uh, canoeing, paddling down a river. What in the world does that have to do with the Bible? I I get that. We we read one little verse. I have got homework for y'all, even on Memorial Day weekend. Open up your phone sometime and just do a word search on endurance, perseverance, not losing heart in Scripture, okay? The entire Bible is about a community of people that believed in an invisible God that told them things that other people couldn't hear, all right? When we show up in the world, the world thinks that we're crazy. And it kind of makes sense. Because it, like from the world's perspective, it does look like we have this invisible friend that we've just lost our mind, okay? So the world will always try to push back against the people of God. Sometimes, like in America, we have, like the pushback that we have is just people that don't understand. You go to a different time or a different place in the world, that pushback can sometimes look like bullets. The world is not designed coexist with the things of God. So there's always going to be tension. So the people of God throughout all uh, uh, believers' uh, timelines, and especially in the Bible, they are meeting with adversity. And so the prophets and the apostles consistently endure, run this race with perseverance, 
Don't lose heart because of what you're experiencing with. Hang in there. Don't give up right now. It is amazing how many times those scriptures, and it, it's, it's in passing. They, uh, the apostles will start off a letter. Hey, by the way, don't give up. I'm gonna give you this amazing amount of doctrine. Hang in there. I know that you're being fed to lions right now. Hang in there. And for the most part, I would imagine none of us are facing being fed to lions this afternoon. Tomorrow, maybe, but not today. So the, the, um, the turmoil that we experience is less extreme than martyrdom, okay? But at the same time, it still requires the same amount of faith. Hang in there. Don't give up. Keep paddling. I know it's hard. The task in front of us is incredibly hard, but hang in there. I want to read one of the, one of the verses to you. It's Galatians 6, 9, and I'm going to read 10, but only 9's on the, the screen. Let us not become weary in doing good. How many times do we get tempted to give up on church because someone didn't say the right thing, someone didn't treat me the right way? I give up. Let's not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. In verse 10, therefore, as we have an opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially those that are in the family of believers. All right, I wanna read a verse, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.13. Yet we hear some of you are living idle lives. You're just floating around letting somebody else, uh, someone else's canoe carry you, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord to settle down and work for your own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never tire in doing good. Can you see the people that are on the shore criticizing and the people that are working really hard? Hebrews 12.1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We all have a race, a, a kayaking experience, a paddling experience, and all of that, you can forget everything that I said. Don't forget to look around and enjoy the scenery because that's what it's about. It's not about the destination. We are on this journey together. And us struggling to keep our pace and us struggling to ignore idiots that are on the, the side of the bank and us struggling to, to figure out who do we let into our canoe and what advice they, that they have to give. In all of that struggle, don't forget to look around and see we live in a gorgeous life. It rains sometimes. It's not always amazing. But, oh. This is an amazing life, and it's about the journey, not necessarily the destination. Go ahead and stand up, and we'll, we'll pray. And uh, we've got some amazing snacks that are out in the hall. I encourage you, connect with somebody today. Like, if you can't connect with somebody in the building, send a text to a brother, to a sister. Connect with somebody. Let your heart touch the heart of somebody else. And I know that sounds mystical and, and weird. I promise you, this is the thing that keeps us steadfast in endurance is the community of believers. So Father, we, we ask that you would forgive us for all the times that we've blown it in our consistency. God, every, um, every, um, 
ignored diet that hangs around our necks that reminds us that we don't do a good job of fulfilling our word. Lord, I pray that you would hit the reset button on all the stuff that we've let pile up in the corner. All the, all the junky garages that remind us that we're not doing the things that we're supposed to. Lord, I pray that you would hit a reset button and put a, uh, put a vision in our minds of the thing that we need to tackle this week. Let us run with endurance the race that's set in front of us, and that's not us trying really hard to do better. Holy Spirit, that is you. That self-control, that perseverance comes from you, Holy Spirit. So, Lord, this morning we open up our hearts for you to pour into our lives, God, that you would give us wisdom on how to uh, discern who we need to be ignoring in our lives and who do we need to let in. Lord, and when our own thoughts are the things that are trying to trip us up, Lord, we we ask that you would give us the mind of Christ that would say good things over us, that would get us in a direction and not try to tear us down, God. We refuse to believe the lie of the enemy who is sent here to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm ignoring that guy's voice, and Holy Spirit, we would love to listen to your voice this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all be blessed, be safe this weekend, love you.